right, so here we are, February 17th. This is a second continuation, um, I think, to the last podcast for people who are going to have heard this the, this podcast I l- released on January 13th that I couldn't even put a title for because the title should have been Trainwreck. <laughs> I couldn't even think of a freaking t- title for it. I'm like, how do you even title what I just did? Like, yelled and cried for an hour and a half. Like, I should have just put it like, train wreck. That's it. That's the title. I'm like, I'm just going to put a date because there's no way, way to call it. Another thing funny about that podcast is that um, Grace's husband offered to edit it for me. And so it would have been professional. I could have cut out when I was, you know, just talking random crap or, like, given intro music. And when I got done with it, I felt so strong in the Holy Spirit. Like if you're releasing a word of truth of how leaders um, have been put on this platform and kind of put on like a, a show to grow their audience and the vulnerability in the Holy Spirit does not make people look pretty because I could say boo and get someone delivered woo, when I'm under that. It's not about what I say and how I perform because God offends minds by the why, by the way I appear, appear, look, but yet I got a message that's true. So I'm not a psycho. I just look like a psycho. <laughs> and then you realize, no, she's actually really normal. Uh, I just gave control of my body to God. And so I've been confronted with the scripture that says, um, I always forget where it's 2 Corinthians, I don't know, 12. It has to do with the gifts of the Spirit. One of the things is that... The prophet, or the prophet's spirit is subject to the prophet. And I have heard that, like, confronted for me. Like, claiming that I force the way I appear. And, I mean, if someone forced this, I would think they're psychotic. They're a weirdo. I can't even understand that argument. When I was confronted with it, I was like, more would think, somebody would think it was demonic. Like, who the heck would force that? And me, of all people that gets so embarrassed by stuff like that and I don't have control of it. And this is my response to people who want to use that scripture. Before the the prophet spirit is ever subject to the prophet, the prophet is subject to the father. I'm subject to God. And when I submitted my body to not be afraid of what people think about me by the way I look, that subjection came under him and him alone because I submitted my body to him. So that is an irrelevant argument to what happens to me. And that person... It was a, a passage who said that to me, was claiming as if I was one of the people who push people down when they lay hands on them, <laughs> which is so flippin' funny to me. I'm like, God, stuff like that is like my pet peeve. I've been pushed by people, and I push them back, and I fall face first on them because I get pissed that they try to push me down. Um, I am so, I try to barely touch people because I never want to falsely manifest the Spirit of God and what he's going to do. The only thing that's happened is when I'm touching them, he makes me fall out on them. <laughs> and I'm taking down people, like, in prayer lines because God is so, like, I mean, just just showing me it's all about him. And, like, there are preachers and people who, who push wanting a result and a response and think that they're anointed because someone falls out. I could care less about that. I literally manifest more than anyone else I pray for. <laughs> I go down quicker. I'm the one that falls out when I'm praying, like, for me to respond that the way what you do 
represents how anointed and powerful I am is because you are focused on yourself as a leader. You aren't focused on it's about God. And it doesn't matter what a person responds to your prayer, how they respond to your word, what they do, because if you tap into power and come subject under spirit, the moment a leader does that, um, and these would be definitely charismatic leaders, okay? These are going to be ones I want to see the Holy Spirit met. Um, and why that's just, there's demons that come in through that stuff is because their focus is the result of what they see in their audience, so it empowers them. And it makes them feel anointed. God has absolutely kept me um, from certain people because they like that I get hit so easily. And they are fe feeding a power thing. And so he wouldn't let me show up to, you know, that church recently after I went there because of trying to kind of using me as the power hit right in the room and like that what I do, but yet never acknowledged me as a person. Buster never said hi to me, never acknowledged that I was there, but man, he wanted to call me up and whack me because he saw how easily I was manifest, like, you know, getting hit by the Holy Spirit and he, he liked it, but he didn't acknowledge me as a person. The moment a leader does that, oh, I'm so out because I would never do that to a person. I know how vulnerable it is to get hit by the Holy Spirit and what it does and it fillets your heart. And sometimes there's embarrassment or not understanding. And I'm always going to acknowledge what they went through. I will never engage in a demonic manifestations. Like a lot of people in deliverance ministry, when they, they see a manifestation means a person's getting delivered and they war with it more. And the crazy thing people don't understand in deliverance is that demons actually know that you want to see a manifestation. So you will have faults manifesting of people barfing, burping. This is what deliverance, and some people hearing this have no idea what I'm talking Let me tell you, deliverance ministry, like demons coming off of people, it, people who are in deliverance ministry know that this can look a certain way, and it can come off of the body a certain way, and people in the charismatic movement is absolutely going to know what I'm referring to. And the people who like power actually get put on display by the demon. The demon's messing with you. And what, he, what the demon's doing is distracting your whole room. So the demon's going to play on the fact that you go to war because you like that that person is manifesting. I do not deal with manifestations. I don't. You're only going to see me every now and then if I start yelling like really loud and, you know, something because the anointing comes on me for it. But rarely, I don't, I don't deal with manifestations. I learned too much of that and I learned how they mock, how, how they mock the, um, the person doing it and they're mocking the, the, the room and they're causing things in disarray. I can see instantly on a person. So I'm just going to pray peace. And I'm going to pray good things over you. I ain't even going to deal with the spirit that's trying to, to mess this up. And, and for people who think that that manifestation is because you're getting somewhere, half the time it does not mean that. If your heart's not pure in what you, when you're praying for somebody, if your heart likes power and likes the anointing, likes the hit, and it feeds you that you're the anointed one, you will get demons falsely manifest on, on the people. And you will also get them falsely manifest the Holy Spirit. You open the spirit realm up. This is why, you know, so hammering, you know, clearly the last, last podcast was like all going to leaders. I didn't even know that's what was going to come out of my mouth. It sounded like I was kind of threatening. I mean, it's kind of crazy. But that, that, that's just the message that, that, that God was on was this, this warning of the heart issue we have in the church that accesses you to demons and people I okay so I don't expect some people think I'm so ultra intense and I like would almost disagree with things that I say here's the thing you disagree with you haven't seen what I've seen so don't you don't 
need to see it. I'm not telling to want people to get all these demonic experiences so that they understand. I know I want you to listen to my experience so you don't experience it and you can cover your atmosphere of your marriage, of your business, of your ministry, because you understand your heart accesses the spirit realm and you will access health because you are a narcissist. Woo! Yeah, yeah, well, narcissism in the church. Well, getting that so bad the last time, like this thing about narcissism and God was just, I was like, man, I think I'm going to release a podcast about narcissism and social injustice um, and the demons behind it. Um, the thing with narcissism and why I'm not sure, I probably have said that person has a narcissistic spirit, but I don't know because I actually don't believe that's possible. If you're a narcissist, that's you. That's your heart. And some people want to like say other, oh, I want to tell you what a narcissist is. Everything is about you and you're entitled. Do you know how many entitled people are in the church that just feel they're entitled to the things of God? The good things that they think are, the, that come from God, that the times come from the devil, like money, like success. And yet this entitlement idea that when something doesn't work in your life, that God has somehow not the God you thought he was when things worked. Like suffering will bring you closer to him when you aren't a narcissist. When you don't think you are owed something from him, you will actually gain the power of that suffering because you stop focusing on yourself. And I can yell this at people. <laughs> I've been through hell. <laughs> I can tell you to get over your suffering. Like, I don't mean this in like a, a way of that I don't have compassion for your suffering. That's not what I think. But I struggle with the narcissistic people that can't handle things in this world, that absolutely get so knotted up and freaked out by when something goes wrong or death happens or this happens and you blaspheme God through it. And you say him to be someone who he's not because you think everything in this world is owed to you. Because why? Do you believe in God? Why? And this narcissism is in leadership that get high and fed by what power looks like when it hits somebody. That does nothing for me. It doesn't. I don't care if someone falls out. Here's what it does for me. It makes me have fun. <laughs> so I gotta, you know, I have fun when the Holy Spirit hits and he makes people do things that is so not them and he almost makes fun of them is how I see it. And he breaks the hardened heart to just be like, whoa, like God's crazy. Like I've seen some of the weirdest stuff people do because they open their heart up to God. And you say, well, what's the point of that? God like offends of your mind through things to show his power because the part of walking in the spirit of Romans, like part of that shift is a submission in the natural realm of the body, of the mind and of the mouth. And it's a submission to where the spirit of God lives in you because of the friendship and the ownership of him over your temple, over your body, over that. And if you don't know him in friendship because you've put yourself above it, that your expectations of the things that you see and you do just when you do ministry, when you do things for God, yet something happens in your life and you're no longer strong enough to do this because you don't believe in his faithfulness. I mean, fathom my dad 
so people don't know this, my dad's a Reformed Baptist pastor. Some people don't thought I didn't know what I was talking about in my last <laughs> podcast. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I was Reformed, so, um, and, I, and I embraced certain things of those theologies, even though, you know, hardcore Calvinists would say you can't be embraced part of it. You're either a Calvinist or an Arminian in your theology, so, but I know that theology like the back of my hands. So I know that when I look at my dad, he did not um, walk in the gifts of the spirit. You know, he doesn't and doesn't operate in those yet. He was devastated by his wife committing suicide. He was a pastor and he had given his life to what he thought was to God. And then his daughter gets cancer, he loses her too. How do you imagine that somebody stays and believes in God? I've just seen people, one little flippin' thing, and they blaspheme God, that God's forgotten them. And I, I had to look at my dad, and I go, this man hasn't even been hit with power. And he would never, never, ever say a word wrong about God. He never got into addiction. Now, me and my dad have debate, the, theological differences, and um, it's fine. I mean, he still tries to indoctrinate me, but I'm like, Dad, you didn't realize I already was indoctrinated by you. You can't, like, redo it. <laughs> I already know what you're talking about. You're trying to do it all the same, all the time. Uh, like, he'll just, he gave me a commentary in Romans the other day. He goes, when you read this, you're going to come out reformed. I was like, okay, Dad. <laughs> like, so we still have those, those debates, but crazy thing about my dad is that people in his denomination actually this is crazy I'm sharing this I'm sharing stuff of like I don't normally like talk about but this could bring so much power to people who have been raised under these doctrines and have to like sift through the mind of who God is in your doctrine and what you believe and like and to see a man who had never been has never been hit with power never hit the the Holy Spirit like that yet stay Submitted to God through all that death. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not just about, like, your understanding or the power of God that should make you love him. You know? Or the display of him. There's something in the heart with that. There's there's a decision in the choice in the heart that my dad was able to do that. And, like, honestly, I look up to him and honor him just by the fact that he's been so committed. Now... I mean, I know there could be a lot more power in his ministry, and he has he, he has a church, and he wouldn't call himself a Reformed Baptist anymore because there's a couple things with Reformed Baptist that he doesn't agree with, but his theology is 100% that. And he has a church. I'm going to share a story. Okay. He has a church locally, um, not far from me, and when I first started my ministry, the woman's leader at that church who I had known since I was a kid, but this did not come from my dad. My dad did not try to get me in the church. The women's leader just hears that the pastor's daughter, and she's known me, has a ministry. So just assuming, because my dad's so reformed, <laughs> that she's that my theology is aligned with my dad. So, And that was the most intimidating thing, because I think I, I had been so hurt by certain doctrines that put such an emphasis that everything is the sovereignty of God but lack all the power over here, the deliverance, the freedom, the willpower, all of that, like it, it, it messed me up so bad. And so I have a very, like, I believe a, a very, what's it called? Like, um, 
a full circle view because I ended up being, you know, a word of faith. So I end up all the way over here for Bible school. I get all indoctrinated this. I have this reformed doctrine in my background, like all, all of this stuff that gave me an understanding. And this is why I'm going to teach this in the Bible school. People need to know reformed theology. They need to know Arminian theology. Like they need to understand the church history because when we go to talk to people, we need to understand the filter and what they believe, what they're thinking, how they feel. You have people like kids and charismatic pastors that never learned any of this theology. They don't even, I've had a pastor go, what's Reformed theology? I had a pastor ask me that. I was blown away. A pastor didn't know what Reformed theology was. I was like, how are you pastoring? Like, if you don't understand what's in people's doctrine and their background, or if you don't know when you're reading that commentary, going to that teacher, what's coming through them. So this women's pastor at my dad's church just assumes I'm going to be you know, point with it. And then asked me, I knew I was supposed to do it. It's kind of a crazy story. Like the dream I had before it, this is so crazy how God warned me what was going to happen. It was, it had to do with part of my confidence in God that I would go back into the church that I knew was so different from now certain doctrines that I believe, yet I understand what they believe, fully understand it, walked in it myself. And I was hurt by, it was made me so insecure because I know the heretic hunting that happens in these conservative churches and how they love to call people out. Anyone who's in the charismatic movement is a heretic. You know, their whole thing. Funny thing is with my dad is that he used to be like that, but now that he's got a crackhead daughter, <laughs> he doesn't do it like that anymore because it would be like him calling me one. So my dad's like way more like, if someone calls me a heretic, it'll like kill him. But so, I mean, that's the only reason my dad, or else that's my dad, too. That's how he was. I was raised like that. You call out other, you know, preachers and pastors and do that thing. So, I get called in, and I have this dream that I'm in a, um, what's it called? Like a, a garage, and these three men are coming towards me to hurt me. And I start saying something in Jesus' name, and this invisible bubble comes over me, and they start hitting it. And they don't hit me. This is right before I'm going into the church. This is so crazy. So I'm like in panic mode to do it because, well, one thing about these churches, women are not allowed to teach to men. So you have to understand, my dad is in this circle. He's been an he had his own churches. He was an itinerant preacher for multiple different Reformed Baptist churches. And then he was offered a church like 10 years ago or something when he retired. He worked for U at UCLA when my mom, my sister was sick, like to take care of medical bills and stuff. But, and then ends up back in a church and stuff like that. So, um... When going in to this situation and being like, okay, this is my, my dad's freaking church and being asked to go where you're not allowed to speak to men. They don't, you're a wallflower and a female in those environments. I was allowed to speak to women. Okay. So it had to be, it was a whole, and I was a woman's thing back then anyways. So I go in and the women received me so well. And back then I wouldn't talk about spirits. I knew how to communicate the right way to that, you know, theology and stuff. And I was less confident as I am now. Like now I will say things that I'm not worried of offending you. And I used to be really scared to like offend people. Like now I'm a lot, I am so confident in like what my message is. Back then filtered it and all this stuff. Well, the recordings were <laughs> recorded and the woman's leave, they, they were all, they were getting delivered. It was like a two day thing. I wasn't laying hands. I didn't do anything like that. I was just teaching the living and freedom like curriculum. And the recording goes out to the church and she's not thinking anything. This, this um, woman's leader sends it out to all the women. Well, the, some of the husbands got a hold of my recording. And the crazy thing is I did not say anything like any way, shape or form that was heretical. Like 
I didn't talk about spirits. I mean, they called me out for like the craziest stuff. So my dad gets an email from one of the elders who's the husband of this pastor's wife who actually knew me my whole life and searched for my mom when my mom disappeared. He was on the search team. So this guy knows my family, knows my dad. And he sends an email that has like, it had such a crazy spirit on it, basically ripping me up, saying that I had been influenced by heretical teachings. And he starts talking about Joyce Meyer, because I mentioned Joyce Meyer, and calling her a heretic and doing all stuff. Well, my dad, oh my God. He's assuming, this guy was assuming that my dad would be like, oh, my daughter's theologically up, because that's how my dad's this very like, you know, strong Baptist, like, and my dad lost his crap. Oh my gosh. He tried to quit the church. Like he got so offended and mad that this man came at me like this way. Even if my dad could have potentially agreed with some of that stuff, it like turned him on fire. Like it totally flipped him out. Well, come to find out it was three men in the church that did it. And so God totally showed me, you're going to like warn me of this dream. I was going to present a message. I was going to have happen to me. My biggest fear was that I would be called, like called just I just know this not the not the, the theology so well. Like I just didn't know what they were doing to me for for speaking, like saying certain things, and I totally, totally did. But unfortunately, the pastor lost his crap on him, so they kind of all backed off and left it alone because he was going to quit the church. He got so mad because of you know. At the same time, he was actually speaking on Ephesians six, and this was the first time my dad's ever preached on spiritual warfare. And in the dream. The end of the dream was that I walk out into the church and my and my dad's on stage preaching spiritual warfare. And that's exactly what happened. So, I mean, this thing was happening in my family. It was happening with me and my dad. And I was learning, learning that when being in ministry, if we don't understand the differences in people, understand like who you're going to, what you're doing, who's there, who are they influenced by? What is your desire and why you go? What are you wanting? Are you needing them to respond back to you that makes you feel powerful? Because guess what? I got fully rejected. I had happened to me exactly what I was afraid of. And I'm a single female. Do you know how hard that was? Like, I cried so bad about have, like, having to do it because, and it's not God's like abusive. People have to understand this. God wants you free. And he knows that I dig my feet in and I will do whatever it is to sanctify every area that God has for me so the word of God's true in my life. He knows I'm like that. So he will he pushes me into testings because I'm willing. I don't collapse under it like a lot of people who are nice narcissists. <laughs> Flipping narcissists who get so caught focused on themselves and that God did them wrong rather than what are you going to do through me, through this situation? What did you grow in me? What if the power was about me coming, growing in me of my truth and intimacy and my friendship with him, that I stand before him, not before people. I don't stand before a reformed church and fear them rejecting me. I stand before him and I bring that message, not needing the result that I think I should have. And I remember crying and praying because I got, I went back in two more times. That's the freaking craziest thing about it. I was rejected that bad by elders and God got me back in two more times because the women voted. So it turned into a woman's vote because what the men did and the women voted me back in. I was blown away. I was like, God, you're nuts because I didn't want to go back. Yet the women were, be, were wanting me back to go and the men were the ones that were like doing this whole upheaval and like, you know, freaking out about it. And it made me feel so, I don't want to go back to him. Like when I would go in, that guy who did that to me would be in there and they wanted my recordings. And I said, no, you can't have my recordings. <laughs> I was so 
more insecure back then and it made me feel insecure that they were ripping me up like that every word I said um and so I, I'm like I'm not recording can't have it I don't want you to have you jerks like all you did was talk about me and I and you know and that's the crazy thing God still took me into this place opened this door continued to push me in something where I was getting and I cried, man, that was such a hard, oh my gosh, one of the hardest seasons to go into the first time I just started a ministry. God sent me into a testing like that right off the bat. And I remember in the middle of the night waking up and hearing Jonah, <laughs> the book of Jonah. He goes, you have two choices. You can go or you can go. <laughs> I was like, that's so nice. He gave me two, God. I think he like jokes with me, but I heard it so clear. You're going. You're going and you're going to do this and you're going to see what comes out of it and how it's going to make you so much stronger in your message because you believe in me and you don't need the result of people. So much of this performance that is in the church is like so, I mean, it is absurd. And this is why God, he didn't want any performance. I'm like, well, I don't know how to perform. I re- <laughs> My performance is like being a psycho. Mm. I don't perform like normal like people with public speaking because I don't I don't know I don't like think that way in my head I'm like I just gotta get this message out of me I'm not trying to like do this whole thing that's like charisma it's a it's a charismatic thing people release that seduces and I remember seeing a video recently of some I have no idea who he was and I just clicked it on something and the way he started it I was like well this is such a charisma like ill like you're totally seducing in this video and just the way he was talking to the audience i love you guys it just was like where is like this authenticity because the fact that there's so many leaders that have stuff in their closets you know like just pornography or an affair or an emotional seduction with a female around around them in my last video or my last recording could sound like i was going after men a bit more because men are more of the pastors, but don't worry, I'll nail females today. (laughs) I'll nail some Jezebels. Um, the reason I say I don't trust like younger, younger people, and I'm not trying to come across like this critical Nelly that I think that I just want people to change their view in their heart of like how you display God. Like that's really what this is all about. Like just their view of why they want to be a mystery, why they follow that leader. What are, you, what are they getting from it? Because when you're getting this fulfillment of this prophetic and this thing, and then you never actually meet God on your own, like without it, it's just, it's tainting you towards him. And it increases the narcissism because the, if the prophetic isn't and pushing in the gifts and prophesying things over you, you'll be well known. And I mean, the, the, the prophetic that's so like, oh, uh, it feeds the soul so bad like, I've been in an environment where the guy had a mic and he said that this word was from God. And I was listening to it. I was like, that's not from God. <laughs> not a say it. There was no anointing in it. He literally just, like, sh- like gave sugar to his audience. He told everyone is to be in business and there's going to be wealth that comes out of this congregation. You're going you're gonna to make inventions. You're gonna, I mean, it was such this, like, seduction. If I tell you, you're going you're gonna to come back for more words from me. And it didn't, I was like, what on earth? This is, this is so, this is off. Like God's word loves and encourages. He pulls, he will tell you things in your heart, the giftings you have. He will, he will expose where the brokenness is hiding, who the, 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 the things inside of you can be. Like God loves and he does speak to us this way. 
But if that's leading you, like puffing you up or leading you to that person, or it's releasing something like in the spirit, like it's not doing you any good. It's not, it's a narcissism. It's like this thing that's like so about you and we got to check our hearts when things don't go correctly the way we think. If people understood the promises I've stood on my entire life to see happen for me and would continue to go into uh, another trial, another thing, another fire, this year's another fire. But the whole time, the fruit and the promise I was getting was Jesus was becoming my best friend. Because this world couldn't do for me anything. If people want to know why I'm so passionate, I'm like Mary Magdalene that had seven demons cast out of her, but I had 700. Okay. Mary Magdalene was known to have this love for Jesus. You know, ran after him because she, she what he did for her, like, just like the woman at the well, like when you have that done for you, like there, that God is above every person. Because he's the only one that can do it and people aren't getting to know him like that because all they're doing is wanting things for themselves. And when they get to know that he's the one that can do everything, even if you don't see your promise manifest in the moment, to know that he's faithful. And when you wait longer for a promise, it's much, much greater. It's bigger. Oh, yeah. It's the best. And I know that this last year, I was like, God's not releasing me publicly because I will be mean to people because I was so angry because I, I, I need to be tested. And people, you need to hear my last podcast to understand what I'm saying in this. But I ended up extremely, like, almost bedridden for, I mean, six to seven months out of 10 months was how sick I was. And God was telling me that the pain and suffering that I've endured in my life with the chronic illness and sickness was emotions and grief and death embedded into my organs, my stomach, my neck. And some people are like, get this scientific, like, I don't think doctors would talk so much about how emotions, pain, suffering affects the body, but you're definitely going to hear it in the homeopathic. You're definitely going to hear it in certain counseling. This is not just Sarah. Okay. I mean, this is, you'll hear people say, like, you go through certain things, like what it embeds inside you. And one crazy thing is because I would see a chiropractor all the time. Like, I went into thousands and thousands of dollars in debt for chiropractors because I've had a, I had a really messed up neck, which is actually perfect now. So for people who I did uh, to confirm that I was being healed this last year, I have a brand new neck and I can do push-ups, lift weights that I can never do before. So Jesus is healing me. I've, that has manifested on me, which is amazing because I was 20 or so years of chronic, chronic, insane pain in my neck. And I remember this chiropractor, we were like, kind of became friends because I was doing his hair too. And um, I, so he had asked me about my story and I shared stuff and what I do. And he goes, he goes, honest, and this is an older guy. He was like, you know what, your neck, because he was stumped by it. I, I had stumped, what, two chiropractors who were like, I don't understand what, why you're not, like, they would try to adjust it and help my pain go away, and it would pop out in a moment. They could not do it. What was, it was just crazy. Nothing would work and fix me. And he said, after hearing your story, he's like, I think you have PTSD. You have stuff in your neck from what you've been through. And he blamed that on the guy, the abuse. After, that's what he said. He said, I think that's like in your, it's literally embedded in, into you, and that's why you're so, I mean, because I was physically hurt, but that, my neck was bad before that, and I wasn't hurt a ton by him, but I was, had stuff happen with my neck during, during that, and I think it's just the fear I lived in, like, it built, it builds up on you, and, like, all of, all of that stuff, and so, when God says that your emotions, your pain, your sickness, it's been embedded inside your organs, your stomach, and it's actually infected your body, it's infected, some people need to hear this right now. 
Because you, some people, they have stuff, sickness, and pain, and they don't understand that it's actually things that they went through that they carried emotionally. Now, I have had, I mean, insane amounts of, I mean, I'm a different person from who I used to be. God has, I mean, completely changed me. But yet my body still held it. It's very interesting. It, I mean, you know what I mean? And so, and God gave me a dream of like this infection. Um, I'm not, a, as much as I sound like I'm a big dream person, this is what I, I actually am not. I actually only, I got, I used to get random prophetic dreams, but I just started getting tons of them this last year because of what I was enduring in the year before. But I'm not someone who's like, oh, dream this, dream that, that means this. this is, I'm not psychotic about that, like it may sound, but I know when something means something. And I was starting to get pretty sick when God said, this is what's going to happen. When he said, I'm going to begin to heal your body. I had no idea what it would cause. Like it, it, it appeared the opposite. It appeared that I became so incredibly ill that I need to go, that something needed to happen. God gave me a dream, showed me an infection on my hand and a pus was in it. And that it, I had to squeeze the infection out of it and it would hurt me. Now that's a wound. When it gets infected, you have to get the pus, you have to get that, that out of the, the wound for it to heal. And God was showing me there's infection in your body and I'm gonna remove it out. Ooh. And I mean, just what happened to me, like how much hair I lost, like such weird stuff because my hormones were doing. I mean, I went through something that literally, I've never heard of this is so mind blowing what God was doing in my body by removing all this infection out of me and the pain attached to it. I've never been pressed so hard in faith that I'm believing this is God. How do we see a God, a good God in suffering? And some people look at me and they go, that's all you, um, that's all you teach. You know, I teach the power of it. I, need, I teach you how to endure. I'm going to teach you how to be stronger. I'm going to teach you not to be a narcissist. The reason I wasn't allowed to speak during that period was because I'd be mean. <laughs> but then as like, as like God's been like really showing me like you're getting some of the biggest promises in my book. You're getting the promise from your mom's death. You're getting the promise from your sister's sickness. You're getting death to life in your body because you gave it to me. And I'm going to give you the promises your mom missed, your sister. So many people could claim so many promises on their life of generational stuff, and they don't because they're narcissists. <laughs> I think I just like saying that word. It's so true. If people understood it, they're so focused on themselves. When you could walk out something that your family line didn't get, and you got to go through some pain to get it. And so the reason that now, like, God's, like, letting me talk is because I'm, I'm more hopeful and I'm nicer. <laughs> because I'm like, I know that I know. Like, it, I know it hasn't, you know, manifested. But I saw crazy stuff. I lost a ton of hair, and, you know, we thought I needed, was going to need to cut it. Like, and I, and I used to be a hairstylist, so I'm weird about hair, okay? Like, I just am. And all females are, but I'm extra weird. And I, am, I understand when you lose a ton of hair, it takes how many months to grow back, um, you know, and what you have to go through. And... And I, and I was like, I don't want to cut my hair. And I just felt God was saying, you're going to be a chia pet. <laughs> and when I said that, like, you're going to, it's going to grow back so crazy fast because this is me. And I cry. I was like, God, I don't get it though. How are you going to do that? Like, okay. He's going to clean my whole body out of trauma, but he can't grow my hair. But what my hair did is like so fast. I know this may sound like a weird testimony. Tell you, like God so supernatural cares about even these small things. He cares that I, I just needed my hair back. I wanted it thick again. And it, I mean, it was overnight. How many, it was a couple months. It was super thin. And all of a sudden, I have really long hair. So that's not normal. It's not normal that he grew my hair that fast. If we could just understand, like, God cares about these small things in your life. Just because you suffer 
doesn't mean that his hand's not on you to bring like this crazy power from it. And so for me to say that this promise, I'm not going to blaspheme you, God, and get mad that I swelled up. <laughs> I can't fit in my jeans. <laughs> oh, my biggest debate. I'm waiting on that one. <laughs> the people don't understand. It's hormonal stuff that I was getting healed of stuff. So a lot of things started just flipping, shifting in my, in my body. I would be kept up all night with energy because my hormones were surge. I mean, God was literally doing everything at once. That's why it's taken so long. I'm sure it's going to go into a year into, you know, into March. It's going to be an entire year that this happened. I want people to hear this. Don't get so upset that I teach suffering because I'm teaching you the promise. I am teaching you the power. I am teaching you what comes from this. I am teaching you he can heal your entire body if you give it to him. If you give it to him. Just imagine what drugs did to me. I was a hardcore drug addict for at least 15 years. Hardcore. This is not someone who was just smoking weed and did it for two years. I did hardcore drugs for that long. Imagine what that did to my organs. Imagine what that did to my insides. I smoked cigarettes for like 50, just the damage on my body. There's people living with that damage. You could be free and healed of that if you submitted fully to him and stop focusing on the things of this world that make you happy and make you okay. Cause that's, here's, here's an, an okay, I'm going here now. Here's an interesting thing I found with the way that I may cope with things that I saw females cope differently with. So I felt God on this message was that I was supposed to share. Oh God, this is hitting me so hard. More, more details of the pain and suffering I went through with men. Um, and I share a lot of stories. And the reason I share a lot of stories is because everything I teach on is out of my life experience. It's not out of doctrine. It's not out of just knowledge it's out of knowledge becoming revelation so I have to tell you what I went through so you grasp what I'm saying and I believe it engages people like it helps you to you know get it but one thing I don't never talk on I don't ever share on details of what I went through because I think details really spirit and it loses the bulk of my message and I think that there's people who give testimonies who really spirits in their testimonies because they're so focused on themselves and sharing and they'll say things about Oh, I was relieved from certain things of pornography or sex or something. And you just put a vision and a visual on the person hearing your testimony because you lost sight of it being all about God. So I'm really hardcore. Like I don't go into like certain things and God had to prepare me that I was supposed to do this because this was something in the spirit. Um, and another thing I don't share on, I never share on marriage. Like people probably wonder, but they're too intimidated to ask me because I'm too mouthy, you know, like, you know, Sarah, do you want to date? Like, I, I think I've had a, I don't know. People want not as much as they bug you about dating, but I think people are scared to say it to me, you know, because they're like, I don't know what she's going to I think they wonder if I want to be. I mean, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people like, know, like, obviously I'm single and in my late thirties and running my own ministry and which is really weird and rare for a female to do that. Like, especially a deliverance ministry and going after and part of my journey with that I know I was so traumatized by men that I had God had to get me to the strength of intimacy with him so man wouldn't be an idol to me so that the man wouldn't be put above him so I got I mean just stripped of it called into doing events alone and you know I had Ray as a covering at times would be with me Scott and stuff like that but I mean God was pulling me and that says you you're doing this I may pair you so you feel a little bit more comfortable with these older gentlemen have more wisdom and stuff like that but you're gonna be relying on me and me alone if I had gotten married too young I would have had that as an idol so many marriages are based in that 
You are based in who your significant other sees you, does for you, who they are. And it is raised above God in your heart. It is raised above God. And when you have that, it will just, I mean, I don't, I know not everybody is called to the type of testing I was called because they're not called to do what I'm called to do. Like, that's just what it is. So I'm not going to compare this with everybody to this level. I mean, I'm called to corporately do deliverances. I mean, if people understand what you hold in the spirit realm to, to do that, I mean, what I just hold in the spirit realm to do what I do with demons, if people understood what I've taken to, to hold that authority, you don't just get an authority like that just because you say in Jesus' name. Don't use your, your theology and your Bible first on me. I will knock that so dang hard, and I'm not going to do it right now. But when people try to do that and say, oh, my authority just cut. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Let's just stop there. I'm not going to go off on it right now. But to understand what I had to walk in, to have that confidence to do that, was something that God needed to do in me that he's like, I'm going to give you a really good guy. Woo! But he can't be an idol to you because of who he is. He cannot be that idol because of who he is. And I have to walk in something different. And unfortunately, I know this man has had to wait for it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> like the, the clock is ticking, you know? It was like, how long do we wait for this chick to get uh, completely red free? You know, I know it's been more my problem. I don't think that I'm like, you know, and people wonder. That, and here, let me explain something. When you are in the position I'm in, I, you don't just date. You do not. I cover my, I watch where stuff, and anyways, God would cut that so dang fast if it wasn't him, the, my, the guy he's supposed to be. He'd whack that person real quick, and that's how God is with it. He doesn't let that be something for me. People would say, you get healed by experience. You get healed by going out and dating. Every experience I've had with a man has been bad. I don't have any good dating experience. And that's what would be the advice. Yet God's advice was, you stay with me and I will perfect your heart. And when this person comes, there isn't even going to be a real lot of dating because it's just going to happen because it's a knowing. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. I'm talking about this. This is so private for me. Um, and there's something in the spirit on it that I was supposed to talk more um, about this and give people also the understanding of what it is to walk hand in hand with God and, and what comes out of it is an insane purified promises. Insane. I'm not going to have to go out and date and figure out who you are. I'm going to know by looking at your picture. I'm going to know instantly who the guy is. I know it's so strong because I've known God so much harder and larger and I have no idols in my heart. I have none. And I don't have an idolatry towards marriage. If anything, I need to learn to want marriage. That was the opposite. That was not my problem. I was not a girl obsessed with marriage and kids. Like, that's actually why I don't talk about it because I get annoyed by chicks like that. I'm like, that's all you care about. Like, what do you think? All your value is like found in that, that you're like, I'm like, go find like God, like when he gives you that value, oh my gosh, he's so much fun. Like he'll just make you feel so confident. Like he will just show you who he is, that he is everything, make him everything. And then let him give you these promises that will never be an idolatry to you because he is always going to be everything. I felt like God was showing me that I would have like a perfected marriage in ways of communication, certain things because of the intimacy I have. And I know that this, this man has like that it, it will cause this, this thing where it's all about God. And there isn't the, the brokenness of the heart that makes you insecure, rejected, fight, do these things that marriages are doing because you have idols in your heart. You have idols in your heart. That's why, that's why, that's why I felt like God was showing me. You're actually going to be able to teach certain marriage ministry of understanding the fullness of God when there's no idols in a marriage. And so if I'm being told 
that you get healed by this, this world system. This world system is so demonic. I can't tell you how many people have asked me, like, how are you going to meet a man if you don't date? Like, my dad tried to tell me I'll pay for you to go to Biola so you meet someone. I was like, wait, hold on. Dad, wait, are you wanting me to meet a 20-year-old boy? Why would you tell me to go to Biola? To, I mean, I was like, no, Dad, I'm good, thanks. He was like, I'll pay for you to go get a bachelor. I was like, good Lord, stop. You're trying so hard. I'm like, I know the family's a little nervous about Sarah. And I'm always like, yeah, I won't allow that to be an access point. I ain't going around looking for men. And honestly, a lot of guys don't, don't, don't captivate my mind. I get bored. I kind of like, and they all have strongholds. So it's a little bit annoying. And I always, in a lot of things in my head, I was like, well, I don't even know who could come alongside with what I do and not have access points. I mean, everybody and their mama has access points. I mean, people just coming along and doing ministry with me to, to see what would happen to them is like insane. Like you guys being able to do it is because you guys are like, like covered a certain way. You don't have like these weird strongholds, like to be able to do deliverance under my ministry because People like that, oh my gosh, they'll be normal, try to partner with me, and turn into a, a psycho. Like, and I'm just like, God, I'm so over this. Okay, this is a spirit, go away. And some people are, are like, you need to have more, oh my gosh, if you knew what I do, have dealt with for so many years. No, I don't. I actually don't. I'm allowed to have crazy boundaries now in my life. I walk through so much stuff that there's other people that need to minister to those people and can deal with that. You are not allowed around it to be a part of my ministry. I'm not going to let you. You got too much crap on you. And I get annoyed by how you get so triggered because you're around my ministry because of what's it's on. So I was like, dude, I can't imagine a man being strong enough for this. I feel like he'd just be like collapsible. I've just never... I've just never met someone who could like not have these weird strong, like it feels like, you know what I'm saying? So guess what? I get a perfected promise. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> I'm going to get a hot man that's <laughs> no strongholds and yeah, and I'm going to prove it. You guys will see. So anyways, okay, back to my subject, which is people would tell me, you know, ask me, this is a way to be healed from what I've experienced. And I would see a lot of chicks who've gone through abuse and they... Like, the way that they have fixed it was go man-to-man. -man. And I could never understand that because my mind, when it, like, makes a decision or, like, something happens, it so strongly flips that, like, then you are never allowed around me. I actually don't search for a guy that, that, that I just responded completely different from other females. I have never met a woman who's been in bad abuse that didn't flip from guy to guy. Never. I've never met a woman who actually stopped with men like I did. And I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> because I stopped completely dating after my experience because of what it what it did to me. And there's so many people that you have things happen to you and you just fill it up with the world system. And you're not actually like changing what was really done in your heart. And I don't I don't know where this is I I just feel like I am supposed to share I'm like oh huh. okay so this is what it is um I felt like I needed to break down the spiritual warfare behind the social injustice and equality and stuff going on and I know that I I am so not somebody to like talk politics so it's more that I like talk with the spirit realm about the spirit realm and what's going on like behind it and I felt like I was like god but how do I talk about so like races of social justice as a, like a white girl like I don't know how like you do and I felt like God was saying you understand what it is 
to have injustice done to you by someone. Do you understand what it is to be treated differently? Look at somebody differently now. Change my mind towards men because of the injustice on my life and my sister's life. And I felt God was showing me that you can talk about this from the spirit realm, that it is going to align with the pain behind racism. So here's where I'm going with this. Let's just see where it goes. I want to talk about what happened to me and my sister with men as we're younger. So anybody who knows my sister, my sister had cancer and died when she was 20. Well, we had crazy experiences with men. Like the first boyfriend I had at 17, this is so crazy I'm saying this stuff. Uh, like he cheated on me and gang banged a girl. Like that was my first boyfriend. He got, and, they, and the cops were called on them. And it wasn't a rape, but it was him. I mean, this is just, I'm just trying to like tell people like, what crazy stuff I've been through, like with men that was an injustice in my life and I never got to see. Now, I have a good dad and a good brother, which is crazy. I at least have them, but this is what happened to me. So, and it was, and my sister's boyfriend. So one thing we would, sometimes we'd date like best friends or brothers and stuff like that because we're always together all the time. And we always had crazy stuff. I, she, my sister was way more of like a little hooker than me. <laughs> she was, she knows it. <laughs> she was really way more open to guys than I was. I didn't date a ton. I watched a girl who had cancer. So my sister was really pretty and really outgoing, so she could still date when she was like that. Like, I still liked her. I watched what they did to her. I watched my sister get date raped when she had cancer, and she got too drugged up on her medication. Like, I forced himself on her. Um, I saw a guy use her for all her money coming from the government and then dump her. Um, I might have slapped that guy in the face, actually. I'm pretty sure I did. I was really protective of her, so I'd fight with people like that did anything to her, um, because stuff, crazy stuff is done with her. And I saw her; she was cheated on by every boyfriend. Um, and then she stopped dating with men probably two years before she died, because she actually started growing in her relationship with God, and she stopped partying, she stopped doing all that stuff. Um, stopped the need for like these men doing this. So I watched my sister dying of cancer go through that with men. Then a few years later, I meet a guy who then turns my life upside down and abuses me and treats me. I mean, if people understood, so here's where I'm going to go with social injustice. So the culture of this guy and the people who have asked questions, they asked what happened to him. I've had people go ask, how do you do public ministry? having gone through that, how are you public, are you scared of him, stuff like that, things I never talk about because I was super afraid of him when my ministry started because how obsessed he was and I didn't want him to come across knowing that I was talking about him. Felt like he would come after me. So I stayed away from like a lot of details. Um, you know, now I'm, I could care less, I'm not scared of that guy. I'm like totally over it, but I just didn't talk a lot about him. Well, one of the things was a cultural difference. Um, his family was very highly educated, so professors, doctors, and they looked at me as a dumb white girl hairstylist. I was incredibly abused by his family. My first interaction with his mom was a voicemail of her calling me an ugly dog and telling me how ugly I was, that she saw a picture of me. That was my first interaction. The woman tried to spit in my face. They treated me so poorly because of me being white. They, their uh, their uh, religion was Coptic Orthodox, which is similar to Catholicism. And they wanted people, you know, him to marry within this. And so they were psychotic of him and how he was obsessed with me. So I had this guy obsessed with me and the family wanting to kill me. If people understood the abuse I was under, 
the phone calls that they would show up at my house the family they harassed me even when I lived in Tulsa so I was abused for being this person I mean they used my mom on me told me to commit suicide I mean they flipped all the death on me everything I'd been through I was like and my and the guy did it to me too but and people go like how did you stay with him when it comes to abuse especially because I'm such a strong personality that would never put up with that oh I've always been strong like this my whole life but I was so desperate for love and I'd been left and like I had someone feed it and he took my heart by it. This is why the idolatry of the heart, the focus that this world can fix your pain, the focus that if you come out supporting these things right now, will fix your pain and not understanding what's being fed in the spirit right now, that it's releasing racism on God. It's turning God into a bigot. The church is so focused on themselves. This is about God. This is bigotry, faith towards God in the spirit. It's turning on, on, on the world the way the people don't see because they're trying to support it to change something because of pain. Oh, Whew. And I went through such like a crazy, just like abusive, because I so badly when I was accepted by him, I would need it and I would go back. I mean, he did the craziest crap to me. And I sit and I share some of it in my book. There's so much stuff that I just never even like opened up that I understand what it is to have injustice done to you. Even when you love God. When I had been through so much and I had to endure because an idolatry in my heart didn't know who God saw me to be, that I would allow a man to do that, to touch me. It speaks to me that way because I felt and hated myself. There are things that people are trying to fix in this world because the pain of your heart thinks that that's going to fix it. And you don't know what you're releasing. You don't understand. They don't understand what they're doing in the spirit. And everybody's focused that, like, oh, it's Biden. It's, it's the heart of people. It's the heart of people. This was also on Trump supporters, too. There was mockery released by these leaders that went to the White House and took pictures publicly praying for him. And let me explain why that released mockery. Let me explain this. I'm a debate with my dad about this. Because the prophets in the Old Testament, they went in, like, in secrecy. This was not put public on stage. Prophets have brought words to leaders. Were those true words? Or were those pastors that were excited to be in the White House with the president? Were you releasing true words of repentance? Why are you posting it on social media? Do you know the mockery that took place? Because Trump lived a certain life that was not submitted to God. Yet you want to go lay hands, are you calling out what's not submitted? Because that would have pushed you out of the White House, I guarantee it. Why would you put that publicly? I mean, I'm like, what on earth? And when I said this to my dad, I put it that way. He's like, actually, you're right. You're right. The, ch the church has been mocked through that. Do you know the mockery, the bigotry that's been put on the church because of that? Because I'm not saying people shouldn't have been praying for him. And people shouldn't have been, st should have been standing by him. But if you were leadership called to him, called to the idea of a king, like we see in the Old Testament that's over the, the nation, over the United States, if you were really under God's word, what you were saying would have been in secrecy and you would not have shown it off. You would not have tried to get an identity from it. If I was ever in that position that those people were put in and called into that, if it was going to be public, I wouldn't have done it. I would have refused. 
because that cannot be done in purity. If it is publicized, there was photos, if people knew about it, I would want, nobody can know about that because that is how, God is not this spectacle. Goodness gracious, like those photos. I was like, oh God, do you understand the mockery that was released? It mocked his church, it mocked God. It mocked God because it was for them. They got some glory by saying they were in the White House as a spiritual advisor. Oh, <laughs> oh God. God's, God's giving me the, the mouth on this. You can question my authority, but it seems like Jesus thinks I have it. So uh, there you go. Because that's off. There was a mockery that was on both ends. Everybody is thinking it's all evil over there. Everybody over here is calling it all bigotry. Everything's been released about God. It's a demonic warfare on who the father is. Do you understand the hatred that's come on the church because of what's been displayed? And yet we're going to blame it on the Democrats and racism. Oh, no, my friend, you've been mocking God by being under Jezebel at your church. The mockery is already on you, friend. You're mocking it. If you are called a celebrity pastor, get on your flipping knees. If that is your title and that's okay for you, you are a mockery. The pastors, have you heard that? There was a show, like LA Pastors, a flipping reality show a few years ago, Pastors of LA. I mean, the joke on that. I mean, the joke. And they were, they were Southern California. There's one in Orange County. I saw his, I was like, oh my God. The Kardashians have taken over the church. What is this? I'm just like, oh my good Lord. I just can't, I'm like, I'm, you, everyone listening to this knows this is a good point. Like, you've just not thought about it, you know? When you heard that this person is called a celebrity pastor and takes model photos in their celebrity pastor group in their skinny jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, this is so funny. It's funny. It's true. It's true. How would we not think this is a mockery on the church? It's not a mockery. You're a mocking God. They're mocking God. We're so focused that we're such a persecuted church. Oh, you, we are not. Like, go to China, go somewhere where you're, there's real persecution. This isn't persecution. This is reaping what you've sown. The church is reaping what they've sown because this idea of ministry is corrupt. It's corrupt. Whoa. And God is the one that thinks it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't sit around but just want to yell about this stuff. I really don't. I really don't. Holy Spirit's like pissed. There's a mockery on his church. And the things that were being released in the spirit towards social injustice, people, please understand, it's the pain in your heart. It's the pain in the heart. It's the pain in the heart. This world can't fix it. This world can't fix it. Like changing God's gender, changing his gender, this idea of love, that God's a bigot towards who he creates, towards who creates Oh, it's towards God. Get over yourself as a persecuted church. This is towards God. No. So I felt like God said, you can relate to social injustice because of what I've been through. And coming out of that level of abuse when I'd already seen such horrible stuff with men done to me, done to my sister, 
coming out of that and you can't understand the hatred in my heart. The hatred, I couldn't even like, I couldn't look at men if they looked at me. I mean, I dressed in baggy clothes after that. I was like, I remember cutting off my hair like back then. Like, I just was so felt violated in my life and that I couldn't, I couldn't like be treated like the, like the right way. Like why was this like assignment on me like at that level? And I know that God showed me that the devil was trying to ruin me for marriage. And that if I hadn't gotten healed in my heart by God, I wouldn't have done, ever done it. And I know that I was so turned off. Like you couldn't get close to me as a man. Like I would never share. I, I had a, a stupid toxic type dating thing in Bible school, but it was a joke. Like he never knew anything about me. I never opened up. And honestly, he bugged me. <laughs> so I don't really know why I did that. But, and it was a traumatizing thing. There's so much in that story of how I could teach on a false prophet spirit. I'm not going to go there with it because that's not what this is. But at some point, I could really nail when people get led in relationships that aren't a God and they think it is. But I was so traumatized. I didn't even have a voice. Now, everybody thinks I'm super. I don't struggle with not having a voice. The crazy thing is, I could preach publicly and be that articulate and strong in my voice, but if there was a guy that liked me, my mouth would be silenced. Like something would come over me, I couldn't get words out of my mouth that had to do anything personal with me. And I think it was part of like, part of my soul that how it coped with that much abuse was it shut down and just locked and I would just take it. And I knew how to turn myself off because I did it with death. And so I knew how to endure the abuse by turning that thing off. And I still had it, it, that coping mechanism just when I wouldn't talk in fear of my, anything about me being used against me and hurt. Like my life, he abused me with it. Like with my sister's death, my mom's death. Like he just did crazy stuff with using the pain I went through to abuse me with it. So if I couldn't share like certain, like I was locked, like I didn't even know when, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to share this. This is so weird. Why am I talking about I got some minute. I went on, I literally went on one date in the last 10 years and it was like very, very beginning of my ministry before I became so hardcore that this is not what I'm allowed to do. And he was reformed and he's part of my dad's church. So he's thinking I'm the pastor's daughter or whatever. Knew I was like charismatic. Well, this date put me in a full panic attack. We had talked on the phone the week leading. I was in, I didn't sleep every night. I lost like five pounds. I was having panic attack anxiety because the fear on me towards men was like at another level how I acted. You would never know who I was. Like you couldn't figure out who I was as a person. A female could like, no, oh, this is Sarah. You get around the man. And if I'm friends with you, I'm fine. But if I'm not friends, if the, I just get, I get shut up. I lock like real bad. I did back then. I had such an insane pain. I mean, I was such a weirdo on that date, but then we got in a fight. <laughs> me and the guy got in a fight over doctrine. So it wasn't going to go anywhere, but it, but you know, it was such a, it was such a horrific, like I was traumatized by the date. <laughs> so I was like, this sucks. I can't do this. And then the fact we got in a fight, like that whole thing, like I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I'm done. We're done. I'm not doing, I can't do this. Like, and the way God had to heal me, was not through that. I couldn't do something in the world to heal my heart. He did it through insane testings of rejection. Rejection came out of me from being rejected. That's how I got free of it. I say that all the time. People understand the power of that. Oh my gosh, that is a power from the Holy Spirit. When you walk through something that is your biggest trigger 
and then reface it and allow the fear to go through you, you actually gain the freedom of it on the other side. But it's when you do something to feed the soul and the wound that that's a false freedom. And when you go into another relationship out of the pain of your last, you're idolatering the heart towards what that's going to heal. A man can't heal your heart. He can't. Oh, well, God says yes sometimes. <laughs> God's shown me I'll have healing in my heart of my sister from my husband because I've never had anyone that close to me that my sister was, like a best friend like that. So I know that he's told me that the, there's deeper healing that will come, but it's because it's not an idolatry. It's not an idolatry. So people are doing things of this world to fix the injustice done to them, the wounding done to them. Oh, God, you, you, this happened to me? God, I deserve this right now for you to fix it. What if God says, actually, you're going to be pressed into a fire to burn it out of you. I got to get it out of you. I got to get you free of it. Know that it can't touch you, that men can't touch you. You don't need men as your value. You don't need any of that. You don't need this covering to get up publicly and do what I've called you to do because I've anointed you and I am your husband. And it's this idea that people get healed from God, not from politics. Not from the choices of leadership. You get healed from him and him alone. And sometimes that means a fire. It means a fire to have that set into your life. That is a fullness. It's a fullness that there's promises on marriages that people could take where you don't fight. Oh, yeah. And so many people, there's, that's an impossibility, right? That's the world system. Telling you that it is impossibility to have that good of a marriage that you don't press against each other. I'm going to tell you something. It is a possibility. It is. When you are in line with God as your best friend and you're everything. He is your husband. He is everything. There's no idol. Then then this person comes in. They need to be in that full alignment as well. Full alignment as well. Because the choices and the decisions that they make are going to go to God first. And then come out in the relationship. God will heal the heart in certain things that feel a certain way. If they ever are there. Everything goes into God in the complete fullness. To where there isn't this person, I'm going to change you. One thing I was like, God, do not give me a man. i got to do all this deliverance and inner healing. <laughs> I always thought I was going to have to cleanse a man. Like, it's just the feeling I get from everyone I meet. Like, I'm like, this dude's an anomaly. Like, I'm like, he's a unicorn. I'm like, I don't know where this guy is coming from. God's told me so much detail detail about him that I'll know in a split second who he, who he is because I know so much about him in the spirit. And, which I want to reference that. Like, the last podcast I said... Detailed words that remove faith can, can carry like a witchcraft false prophet spirit. Let me explain something what I'm talking about. So I know insane details about who God's going to bring me to marry. And the first time I'm going to meet him, I'm going to have a checklist and check my prophecy. <laughs> See how prophetic I really am. Okay. So, uh, and somebody may say, isn't that the detail? Nope, because it's not an idol and I don't know who he is. It's not an idolatry, so it actually makes me have to have more faith and believe that he's telling me these things. And I mean, I have had these dreams where God like, calls me out that you are not believing what I'm saying about this guy because he seems impossible to you to be like that. And would call me out to say, do you really trust my words? Do you really believe what I'm saying to you? So the reason that, does, that doesn't have faith removed is because of the idea that I'm clinging on to God's word and God's word only and there's no idol in it. I don't have an idolatry towards marriage. I'm not obsessed with it. I know that God's bringing it soon, and I know it's coming, and I knew I had to walk through, especially this healing, because I, I prayed that I've always asked God, please heal me before I get married. I can't live this sick with, uh, like, kids and stuff. I knew I couldn't be a mom, so I didn't know, like, how I could do with all the chronic illness I had. 
And I guess he was faithful. He thought it was faithful to do it. It just didn't know it was going to be a year of hell. Like to, to get it, get this promise of what God says. And every single one of these promises I'm referencing right now to people is a walk in a journey that has to have so much faith on God's word and God's word alone. And I have felt failed by God's word. I felt failed by prophetic stuff. I have been, I've questioned things about God, not understanding. I have been misled by false prophet spirits with another, the guy in Bible school. So imagine there's fear on what I'm hearing, okay? I ain't just like, oh, Sarah knows it all. No, I'm like human, dude. I have to force this. Like, I push into the faith of like trusting God because really he's the only one I got. Like, I don't have anybody. I don't have a... I don't even have, I mean, I'm full time a ministry. If I am a ministry, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, he totally won't let me do any hair. I'm totally not a hairstylist anymore. That's none of my income. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm in such a crazy place of trust. And I just bought a new car. So I'm really in a place of trust. Like, you know, it's like, if you looked at my life, you'd be like, uh, how is she like? survived and lives alone and does all this like what does she do in life I'm like well I've been sick of debt for last year and I don't have any thing in ministry commitments that would make me feel valued of success right I have done everything I've done without a big return and that's the thing that people won't do um, I've created so many curriculums and experienced rejection with them and people will say well maybe that's not you know God and that's the opposite because God presses me through being completely secure in him and that success and return don't give me value. And until that's completely out of me, will there be success on certain things? I had to go through rejection with every single like all the things I've done. I've had, I mean, the church I went into and some people would think, well, that means that God's favor is not on it. And it's the opposite. It's the opposite. That is God's favor. He's not letting me get value from anything. He, he won't allow it. And God's so jealous over it that, I mean, he just, just the things I've seen him just do that I know is him. Like he just allows like crazy rejection and fallouts and things because he's keeping me from certain things. And this idea of this world success that people are living under like celebrity flipping pastors, like this idea, just like what happened to Carl Lentz and Hill, him leading Hillsong. And, and people don't know that, like what I was referring to in the last podcast, he got busted for an affair. Very well, 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 well known pastor. And it got exposed and he was leading thousands and thousands of people. Now, do you think that if he had had a type of journey like me, that when he got in that position, it may have looked differently because he doesn't get value from it. And these people, you're, people are getting too much value from things of the world and don't understand to not live like that, to walk in what truth is and walk in, in the things of the spirit and the things of God is going to mean that you got to get everything out of your soul pulled, pulled out and healed, that the world does not define you. It is not going to be what you get and what you do. It is going to be a pure alignment. Like pastors that try to like preach on Romans 8, I'm like, oh really, what, what, can, you, what can you say about that? What do you got to say? Yeah. What is it for you to walk in the spirit? Like, I just want to know what was broken and shredded in your soul to understand what it is to have death to life through Christ Jesus. What it is to walk in suffering to suffering. The idea that we only preach blessing I don't, then can some, can those preachers, here's what I'd like to challenge them with, like they're listening to me. I want to know what you think about the, 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 the verses that say that we would, um, walk through the suffering Jesus. I'm actually going to go. I just, I would like to know your opinion. <laughs> Send me an email. <laughs> I really am curious. I like to know what people understand and think about stuff. I'm not just an a-hole all the time. 
Um, okay, Romans. Um, led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. I want to know what people read this and actually cry, Abba, Father, to Him. Actually look at God as an Abba. That's an intimate word. That is intimate. And to look at God that way can we really speak on this if we don't know him like that? Because so many people are living as slaves in ministry. Because your idea of it, your narcissism is slavery to you in the spirit. It's slavery because you're not living in the awe of Father. Where this world won't give you any value. And he says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are his children, we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory yeah, Woo! yeah. <laughs> so many people think they're just sharing in his glory because they're glorified oh you don't understand this text dear you're being glorified above him because you have not walked in his sufferings to understand how he sees his father is abba oh wow yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about all your um, pro prosperity teachings and your blessings of using faith as witchcraft. Oh. <laughs> I haven't been allowed to say this either. There's nothing. Oh, God, this is so much stuff that comes out of my mouth. I feel like my ministry is mission impossible. Like, it's secret. I feel like I'm a ninja because... I can't put anything public. You will I'm like, can't do so. I finally canceled my Facebook. I saw my Instagram, but I, he doesn't want me to do anything public and put this, but he has me releasing these secret podcasts <laughs> that are super psychotic, <laughs> like really like strong. And it, because the things of God done in secret carry more power because he's glorified and not me. There's a power in it. And so I feel like I'm like, oh, God's like letting me be a ninja. If I could do my whole ministry hidden like this, <laughs> that I don't have to go in front of a lot of people, I could just release all these crazy messages of me crying and yelling. I would love it. That would be like perfect. That's like ideal for me because I still get to get out of me what I have, but I don't have to like deal with audience, you know, audiences and stuff like that. God's like showing me this is like a, it's like a secret ninja mission <laughs> behind the scenes that he has me doing. Uh, I'd like to know why you think your faith will get you everything. What's your real understanding of faith? Because your faith grows in your suffering, not in your mouth. People think their faith grows in their confession. You are shifting into witchcraft when you overly preach that. Now, I know how to filter those messages and hear it in truth because I came from a side where they were called blabbit and grabbits and they were called heretics and talked about in not the right way. And what has happened is certain doctrines of how faith gets teaches, it flips in to a witchcraft of manipulating God. Here's the thing when it comes to um, 
like idols in uh, you know divination and witchcraft and like the the scripture, but it still happens. Is with the false gods of like different nations and stuff like just Baal or something. The prophets of Baal to get Baal to move, you, you manipulate them. That's actually how they're fed. Like that's how demons work. They 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 actually want to be manipulated because they get something from the human, and the human has to do something like sexual immorality on the temple. Go have sex with a prostitute, and you fed that. That's how they would feed certain gods. Like, seriously, kill an unborn child. It's a manipulation to that god to then do something for them. Maybe release judgment on an enemy. Maybe do this. Now, if we don't understand that this manipulation of the demonic is all over the church, it's not just New Age, it's not just sent cults, we have flipped the doctrine of the Bible to manipulate God, okay? So this thing of faith needs to be... It, go, it gets a little off, okay? There's people that are going too, too far, too far with how they're, they're teaching. Faith gets you this, faith gets you this, and how to have your faith to do that. You have to keep confessing. Start doing these things that, that prove you have faith. Uh, you're tapping into witchcraft is what they're doing, and that's why a lot of the, the kids that go into those Bible schools are under those denominations or prophetic has false prophet spirits. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. <laughs> God's letting, yeah, yeah, it's true. Because their idea of God is actually going through this idea of manipulation. Now, then the other side, it's all sovereignty, sovereignty, sovereignty. And you don't do anything. Like, God already chose who he's going to save. Uh, Hyper-Calvinism in the Reformed theology means that you don't even evangelize. Because God's already done everything. So just imagine the power removed from that. You don't even evangelize. So five-point Calvinists, you do. But not, not hyper-Calvinists. Um, and this is a theology. Uh, cessationists, false prophets. Whoa! False prophets, false prophets. Yep, false prophets. Yep, false prophets. Well, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, that they have gone into this ditch versus this ditch. This heretic hunts here. This heretic, this goes here. This, this is just lost in the idea of what you get from God because you do these things. And I, like, have... Like, I feel bad for people like that because if you didn't just understood God's character that you don't have to do that for him. Like, you just don't have to, like, sit there and think that if you confess long enough, like, that you're going to get what you want from him. Like, what if you just try to get to know him and not what you're going to get from him from your idea of faith for what you've read in Scripture because you're missing this power right here that Abba, Abba, Father needs to be in your heart and you need to know the sufferings of Jesus and walk that out. Stop this prosperity message. Oh! I wonder if my neighbors can hear me. <laughs> I'm like yelling. So when I have had this injustice in my life, and the enemy still targets it today, and that's very interesting. So I've had crazy breakthrough. I know I can finally be in a relationship and I'm like normal, a normal girl. <laughs> Took me this long, but I'm finally normal. And yet I'm still targeted by it in the spirit. Here's an interesting thing that God's a, like, I wouldn't say it's like, oh, he, like, he just won't move me out of this apartment for the way I feel here. Like, okay, so I've heard, I, I talked about this in, in Abide and I mentioned how a war comes on you when you're going to have a breakthrough and to test if you take a spirit back. And I talked about how the breakthrough and freedom I had into in opening up my ministry to men, praying for them, 
Um, that was the biggest deal, man. I would not pray for a man. I would like, I, to me, her demon would go away. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I judged all of them, you know. So when that starts releasing, God starts showing me, and it was so flipping painful to walk through, gosh, for those years. Just imagine, like, I was stalked, like, so hard, hard, hardcore, and threatened, like, my life that I had to live to say, imagine being single and put publicly by God. I can't tell, I can't explain to people, <laughs> and that's not God being abusive. That's God going, you're free, and you cannot be touched. You need to know it by experiencing it. So I had to walk through it. What's crazy, though, that there still is a thing in the spirit where the demons try to use men to mess with me, and especially in this situation. So I mentioned that I had a neighbor when I start getting all this breakthrough and I'm moving into men's ministry. I have a neighbor all of a sudden right in front of me. And gosh, right here, me talking right now. Got totally obsessive and weird. And the crazy thing is he's flipping married, okay? And... I was able to shut that down after, I mean, he's still a little bit, but I was able to shut it down by, I have a stank face, a really good one. It's better with Botox. <laughs> I've taken away my crown. <laughs> I was like, that's the best decision I ever made. Everybody thought I was like, so it looked so mad all the time because I, I would look at people when they would talk, like the look I made is I looked at you like you're stupid, but I wasn't thinking you were stupid. It was just the frown on my face. Like I have a natural angry face, okay? And when I first like, so he told me just Botox that like line, I was like, oh, well, look at here. Sarah can't frown anymore. I look so soft. And so many people even commented I did it before I started recording videos. I want to look softer because I yell a lot. And uh, I love it, but I still can pull out my stink face when I want and use it when I need it, okay? I used to use it all the time to keep people away from me is just give really dirty looks at people and they would like leave me alone, right? So I knew how to get this guy to leave me alone by that. I'm really good at it and I can freak a guy out, okay? So he backed off. Well, guess what happens? A new neighbor moves in in front of him and starts doing it to me. So now I have two men in my complex who do this weird, have this weird intrigue and it's a demon and it's, um, makes them obsessive, okay? And I can see it all over. It's a spirit. And this guy, ha I, oh God, when he said this is a, the other guy that started doing it about two years ago. And in, in the spirit, the first time he, he's, he was very like this, like an older guy, just really outgoing and nice to all the neighbors and friendly. Everybody loves him. And he started to do it to me. And I heard wolf, wolf, wolf. And then I have a dream that he's Bill Cosby. <laughs> it's just so crazy. So Bill Cosby, like God so like totally exposes people to me. Bill Cosby was ultra friendly. You'd never know what he's doing behind the scenes. And so I tell my landlord, I'm like, no, this guy, he, there's something that's really super off. And he, he's, he goes, oh, everybody thinks he's so nice and this and that. I go, Tom is my landlord. I go, Tom, um, what's that? What's, what's that? Ted Bundy. I go, Ted Bundy was nice and charming. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Do people understand spirits? Like the spirit realm. There was an assignment on me towards this injustice. And all the, all the freedom and healing I've had in my, in my life with God, yet he's allowing that to still be around me because the world doesn't fix my heart. He does. And when we understand that the injustice that we're dealing with in the spirit, the racism, the equality, the things like that has such a deeper thing that we that the, the people are having an idea that if we shift it this way and progressively move forward then we fix this in love when you're responding out of your pain it's a response out of how you've been treated differently it's a response of not feeling like this world even values you the way it values another race another color another gender 
And these people aren't realizing and I don't care to go after the wor this world that's under this Jezebel. It's the Christians that aren't getting this. It's the Christians that, are, that want this stuff to, that are aligning with this. And then you have this other side that, are, that just want to call all of them out, evilness. But they didn't understand that they also did a mockery in how they put Trump as an idol. And you mocked because what Trump stood for was not all of God. It wasn't. Like, it wasn't. And I know the prophetic that he was Cyrus. And I understand God using stuff that doesn't have fullness of him in it and bringing freedom. But we need to, to call a spade a spade. We need to call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? Like, the idea that it was just all this and not all that. I'm, I'm telling you in the spirit room, both sides were releasing a mockery on God. This was towards God. And we were just, like, obsessing over this and over that. Now, I think there's, like, there's right now God's allowing a call out to happen. Now, I felt that it's not to have names on it until he does it. But I think there's certain things of certain people that you've actually blatantly walked in this, that it is seen if people got the right discernment. So the way that it will get called out, like just by how I went off on faith, right? I hope that creates a discernment in someone when they hear that teaching. Like then you see the spirit on it, right? Now there's only a couple ministries I follow on social media and they're old men. <laughs> I like older men. <laughs> well, not in that way. But you know, like I like older men's ministries because, well, younger females in ministry are weirdos, in my opinion, if they have a public ministry because they turn into Jezebel. Like... You like if you've been given a platform, the only reason I could in, handle a certain platform, not a huge platform, but a certain platform is because of what I've walked in. I ain't going to be a Jezebel. I ain't going to make it about me. Um, I've had to be so dang purified and have no value in those things. And I see these young kids and a younger, I mean, I mean, I'm like 30. So like, let's say early thirties, even in their forties. And I'm like, nope, you're too young. You shouldn't have a opposite platform. You don't have enough wisdom. You need to have a fire up your butt a little longer. And I see them get it, and I see the lack of the lack of wisdom. Chicks who have a platform, have a big following, and you post these videos and filters uh, with your eyelashes and lips, or your duck face with a scripture, or the way you just happen to look so hot when you talked about it. <laughs> you know, like I mean, I and I see people right under it. Amen, amen, amen. I'm like, good lord, Jezzy. Jezzy, 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 Jezzy Bell, will you shut your face up? Like, you are so obsessed with yourself. You are so into that. And like being at that party a year and a half ago, and there was a chick who is, has a platform in Orange County. I didn't even think she knew my, I don't think she does. I have no idea if really if she did know who my ministry was or anything like that. She treated me so poorly in the introduction. And I was like, oh my gosh, are we on the movie Mean Girls? Oh God, I forgot. I forgot that this is what chicks do. I'm too old for your crap. I am like, like my goal in life is to see God get his will. If you are moving in that, I am going to freaking honor you and clap my hands for you and push you forward. But if your ministry is about you, I will have nothing to do with those types of ministries. And Jesus isn't going to have me. I will never partner with those people or have, because I am so, that stuff needs to get out of these people. And I'm sitting there going, see this platform why do you just treat a female poorly? Are you intimidated by me? Because I was nice and friendly. Do you know something in my ministry? Are you in competitions with me? Was that competition? Why are you competing with me if this is for God? Why do you care what I carry if this is for God? And I'm like, I just like to do ministry with older men. <laughs> I'm like, they don't get weird and competitive. I like, I can't. 
sheets. <laughs> I told Ray that the other day. I just, yeah, I can have all, that's the type of, I just, I'm sorry. And people are like, oh, well, what are you putting down? You know, no, I'm putting down Jezebels. That's what I'm putting down. I'm putting down chicks that are obsessed with themselves and they don't think that's what they're doing. And they're releasing this crap on social media of how they sing worship, how they're on stage, how they're, what their style is and their, you know, my griff. Like, it's so about your fame. It's so about your fame. And these churches creating music labels for your fame of your church. Like, you are so witchcrafty. You're so witchcrafty. You are full of this idea of who you are, what you're creating in your fame. And you get money for it. It is so, so gross. Like, they're gross. Like, I can only say you're gross. That's the only thing I have. That's gross. I just don't know how you're doing this for God. You need to endure more. You need to go through something where you truly find him. And you find how good he is. And you say, I want this for him, not about me. And it's such a turnoff. And I'm like, these girls, I only, I only follow, you know, two ministers probably on social media, Dutch Sheets and Victor Marks, okay? They're, they're older guys. It's not that I don't, I hate it. It's not like that at all. I just, that's who I, the only ones I, like, choose to follow. Um, and Victor Marks, if anyone knows this guy's ministry, this is why I like this guy so much. He like goes and deals with kids in ISIS, abused, raped, he's over in the Middle East doing crazy stuff, and he's like a real life ninja. He can like fight like that. And he is genuinely risking his life for God. Here's what that does in the spirit. He carries an authority with with leadership. He does. And he calls people out and I actually like it's on him to do it and I can see it. Because he's not going after doctrine issues like some of it might be but it's not the heretic hunting that the conservative does towards charismatic that's so demonic it's him calling out leaderships that are compromised and he does it very publicly he's been blocked by well-known pastor brian broderson like a few of them and i it hits me funny i am like i read his stuff like you guys people should follow him on social media because he is the real deal he is a real deal i'm like he's given up his life and he has the strength and the confidence to do what he's doing right there. That is a different type of what you would say heretic hunting is. There's an authority given to certain people who are in purity who are gonna be called to this voice. And the people who are gonna rise up in this new time are not ones seen in famous. Uh-uh. To walk this out of this shift happening, you need to remove your fame. Damon Thompson, I like him, Damon Thompson, said if you are famous, it's your fault. I was like, oh yeah, uh-huh, that's who I applaud. People, people who, who are calling this what it is, it's your fault. You can keep from you being that. Like what, I won't sign books if, I ha if I'm, no, I'm not gonna sign books. Why do you need my autograph? I'll sign Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, I'm gonna write Jesus Christ, Jesus, it's all about Jesus. I won't do stuff like that. No, that's stupid. That's like, that's like it's about me. Like that's like, you're so famous, somebody wants your autograph, that's so stupid. That's weird, why? What you're doing is about him. He's giving you all of this. Well, if you're pure, a lot of you guys, if they're carrying demonic stuff, that's why they think they need to have all this stuff and do these things, these best stars, these things. Like, it's because you've been consumed by the idea of, of what, what ministry and these things of God have, have become that are not of God. They're a mockery. They're a mockery. They're a mockery to God. They're a mockery. So there's people who are going to come up in this, that are going to come out who are carrying this, and I know it. I know it. There are people with this purified message that are hidden because that's the truth of it. Because it, it has to be the famous people. You got to flip into what God's doing in the spirit. You need to get off your social media and lose your following. That's the purity. And that's going to be such a test if they really pick this up in the spirit. 
that that's what they're going to be called to do. Dang. And this is something like, I mean, I can tell you, this is not a prophecy I've heard from people. I don't even know if people are saying this. Like during this last year, all these people were prophesying. I wouldn't listen to one, one prophetic video. And I knew what people were saying, but just because of probably other people, you guys sharing stuff like that. I wouldn't. And the reason I wouldn't is because I want to hear from God alone. Like I want to hear his voice. I don't want to be infiltrated with your prophetic and what you're hearing. I want to know what he says. There's certain people are not at the level to pick up corporate prophecies because it will hurt you. Corporate prophecy would be a prophetic word over the, over the church. Like, do we understand God pursues the heart? He's not trying to tell you everything about the church. <laughs> like there's a reason he tells certain people you have to be in a place of intimacy with him. And so removed of idolatry for him to speak to you about the world. And when I hear people who, who younger try to corporately prophesy, I just question what they're picking up because some of it is accurate. And it's, but it's a witchcraft spirit that gives them power in it. Um, like someone we know recently who had a dream. And it was a, a prophetic dream over Biden and Trump. And she put it public. And I blocked her <laughs> because I knew that was demonic. I was like, that's not God speaking that to you. That was witchcraft. Because you just posted that to get and chagged a prophetic person in it. Because you think that God gave you that dream, so you need to put it publicly the next day. Why so many prophetic people getting dreams and putting it public the next day? I mean, I, I understand this certain office, and I think it's older people are the only ones I trust. Um, Patricia King and Joyce Meyer are not going to take Duff Lift selfies. <laughs> That's a really good point, right? They're older. They've experienced some stuff, have more wisdom in like what they're doing. They're not obsessed with themselves. Now, they may have a big platform and stuff, but these, these younger people are tripping. They're tripping. And, and just the display that the, the prophetic, you move on the word of God so quickly. Like there's some things that, yeah, God's on and you have wisdom to release it. But there are things that should be held on. And you'll hear some older prophetic people say they held on to a word for years, years and years before God released it. When these people who think they just get a word from God and, and say it and like think they're going to, I mean, you just don't know if you're hopefully hearing that, that from God. Is God your everything and your best friend? And you don't have anything else that gets in the way of it because that's when you can hear corporately. I didn't start getting corporate stuff until just a couple years ago. And I know what I've walked through with fire. Oh my gosh. I totally judge people who try to like, try to say stuff like that because I know the pain a corporate word and truth carries. And this purified word, these people who are hidden, they've been in the fire for this. They've been in the fire to know that this purified thing, and they're going to come out of the woodworks. They're going to come out of woodworks and they're going to be a bunch of Sia's. <laughs> and the singer with the wig on her face. Because it's not going to be about them. Not to the new, new leadership. It's gonna, it needs to come in. And when we have um, these younger people who just trained up and came into, you know, into the prophetic, into the ministry this way. It's not that I'm trying to just punch you in the face or anything. I want you to look at what you got trained in. And what you got taught is of, of God. And why are you competitive? Why are you insecure gifts? Why are you uh, don't want someone more anointed than you on stage? Why does it bother your heart to see some? Because if you're in purity, everything you want is going to be about God and you're not going to care what anyone else carries. You're not going to be jealous of it. You're not going to be insecure. Because your agenda is for him and him alone and not yourself. So when that girl wanted to be a mean girl to me, I was like, oh my gosh, how do these people, this chick has a huge, big old platform. And here I am, I'm this little hidden ninja. You know, God doesn't give, get, doesn't give that to me, but he seems to speak quite a lot more to me because I'm not doing that, okay? 
a lot of people, they're infiltrated because of what they're doing and what they're getting. So they're infiltrated by voices that they think is God. Their doctrine is demonized. The way that they're overly preaching certain things, making such an emphasis on gifts of the Spirit, that the people listening to them get demonized through it because they get obsessed with the power of God rather than the face of God. No. That's good. That should have been written down. Seriously. It is not that the doctrine is completely off by emphasizing it. Here's what it is. It's overly emphasizing that other than other things. And when the, the emphasis is on power, power alone, that doctrine demonizes. It demonizes is what it does. Oh, I just can't wait to get my Bible school. <laughs> I'm going to write the whole two-year curriculum myself probably. No, not the big... Um, like theologies I want taught. So my dad's going to teach Reformed theology. I already told him he can, but he's not allowed to come to my teachings. <laughs> my dad, me and my dad's little agreement. He's not allowed to hear my speaking and my recordings. Everybody would wonder how I have a Reformed Baptist pastor of a dad and the stuff I say and talk about because the circle would call it heresy, you know, stuff I say. And I know that I've gotten over like caring because I think it, I have like a backup gun by my dad being Reformed Baptist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because he can call it out himself of like what, what they're trying to say about or whatever. And he's so like protective. But he's going to be one of them. I would want people with wisdom and understanding into this, the, these theologies that, that these young people need to understand. Um, and not just an emphasis on the power in the Arminian theology. Like, and what I mean by that is like, every like bible schools like if it's a reform type of like biola has more emphasis on calvinism like the person who has the school they want their doctrine they want to indoctrinate you okay by what they believe i was never taught reformed theology in my bible school why not i should have been like i shouldn't have just been arminian theology like we need to understand all of this stuff that the church has had division through has had reformation has changes because we need to understand what people are believing in scripture, why they're believing it. And I don't want to indoctrinate people. If anything, I want to bring balance to people because they're so overly indoctrinated here or overly obsessed with power over here, obsessed that they need to display the power of God to be anointed. They need to look this way. Well, guess what? You just got a demon on you that's going to do something really weird to you. You're going to think it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit because it feeds your soul. Okay. I got to go through the opposite of that. I got to go where demons did this to me when I was younger, that when the Holy Spirit started to do it to me, I thought it was a demon and I thought it was psychotic. Um, my, my, my manifestations can no longer ever get infiltrated by stuff like that. Why? Because I don't have an idol of power. I don't care. If anything, I would like not to look this way. This isn't like cute or cool. Like who would want that? If somebody would think, oh, she's so, like I look like a psycho and people would call me a psycho. Okay, so like I wouldn't want this. Like it's, it can't get infiltrated, right? How does it get infiltrated on someone else who wants to display power a certain way because they see another leader look that way? That gets infiltrated by the spirit because it's an idea of something without knowing who God is within it. Just because you see certain people, I mean, who is it? Stacey Campbell, her, her head whips. People probably would, if they're under that, they go, oh, she's prophetic when she does that. And then they start whipping their heads like a weirdo. That's how people get about stuff. I think it's psychotic. I'm like, that is so weird. Like this, to look this crazy is like so embarrassing. And like, you just have to get filleted before God, like to be like this, right? These people, you want to just look, you, you want this power to look on you. So you get fed. Like the idea of power has taken, it is, it's so demonized. Like 
if people understood that, that the spirit realm within people's theology, their teaching, their church, and what they do, that they're accessing certain things by having an emphasis on certain doctrines that don't carry the fullness of God's heart in it. And so them as leadership, their spirit, the, 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 the covering over them has access points. Oh, and I know people go, oh my gosh, like they don't understand. You don't need to understand what I'm saying because people don't, don't need to know and see to the level I've ever seen things. Trust what I'm saying, though. I have so much experience with demons, more than anyone I've ever met, okay? And I know them face to face. And I know things about them that would make them real as people. And I understand strategy like nobody's business that people would not comprehend demons do. I can feel things. I see it come into rooms. I could be in someone's teaching and see what's coming in the room on people. I can feel it and see it around them. Um, and this is just something that I don't expect, like that people need to fully, I don't need to explain to you the strategy. I need to explain to you your heart that accesses this. I'm the one that will deal with the strategy. You're not to go after the spirits. Like that is a level of authority. I've had to go a long way to get that to where I can deal with them without the warfare on it. Someone else, like I heard a story of someone who started doing territorial deliverance. Territorial deliverance means principality. Okay. And trying to go after higher level spirits that when you're talking about a principality, you're looking at like the idea in scripture of the false gods that were over an entire nation. That's a principality. Okay. And I have heard people in the chick commit suicide because of what came on her. And I've heard people go to training for territorial. I am like, you're nuts. You're going to get your butt kicked. You're tripping to want to understand that. You do not need to understand all the spirit realm like I'm explaining. You don't want the life I've had to go through to get this. But I'm getting the power of what this was that I endured, that the rest of the warfare I'm not going to have on the rest of my life. This isn't like I'm telling you, oh, just life is hell, hell, hell for me. For the rest of my life. No, I'm taking the ground that God God's told me that the, the level of warfare is now going to break. I don't have the same opposition on me any longer it's just different and it shifted this past this past year i don't deal with it but now what i got was an insight for this so i don't expect the leadership to then go after the demonic i'm i'm tugging hearts of people in the congregations that don't know what's coming and infiltrating them where their hearts going and what they're hearing what the choices is doing do you get more bound by theology are you more bound by cessationist teaching that god doesn't have power does that make you more free or more bound my friends you are more bound you are more bound you are judging other denominations you're judging the power of god you are believing that he does not display himself that way you do not know him you do not know him you're more bound by that theology yet you think that this gave you more power and knowledge to understand all this knowledge and doctrine and scripture because you have so much understanding. Oh man, you can write a commentary. You've written lots of commentaries. You have so much understanding. You're you're a great what philosopher. You're a Hebrew scholar and blah blah. Oh good lord. Yet you never came face to face with the power of Jesus Christ in your life that will change every single thing in your heart. That you can display His power over your congregation and set them completely free through His power, not your own. You're a false prophet. There's people under this. There's people under this who have become so bound by it. So bound and have no idea in the spirit realm what has infiltrated that congregation through these teachers. That this emphasis and some of the hearts of the teachers, they're, they're, it's not that they're off. Like they just really, they love God so much and they know he's powerful and they know what he can do. 
But when you have younger and people immature in the audience who don't understand certain things, they get such an emphasis of how cool that is and become such flipping weirdos. Like, they come so weird. I'm like, God, kids out of Bible, charismatic Bible school become weirdos. I'm serious. And I know this. Like, I became one. Like, when I was in school and started seeing all the power and display of the prophetic and what it looked like and how it should be, I started searching for a voice so hard, not because I wanted prophetic or, like I, like I said in the last one, I never prayed for those things. It wasn't that. I just wanted what they had, which was hearing from God. So I would chase after needing to know just a voice. Like, oh, God, am I going to go to Carl Jr. or Taco Bell? Oh, Carl Jr. Like, you get so weird. Like, everything comes about God. That's how you're younger, immature, and hearing the gifts of the Spirit. And that's what I would do. Like, it makes them weird. And they get obsessed. Like, your story of those students going, I'm going to impart to you. I'm going to impart this. I'm going to impart that. And it's an impartation party of a bunch of weirdos who are obsessed with this power. And then all of a sudden, demons are manifesting this impartation, manifesting this thing. And the scripture, I don't even know where it's at, but the scripture that says um, they, they did miracles in my name. They cast out demons in my name. And then I say, I don't know you. You don't understand the display of power will come through doctrine. It'll come through what sounds like truth. It's going to come through the idea of these um, gifts that are going to look right and look real. And you have the seven sons of Sceva, Acts 19, who um, started trying to go around and do exorcism. The interesting thing about like Jewish priests or whatever that did deliverance is called, how they did it was actually manipulating a, a, um, a stronger spirit to get it off of someone else. Isn't that interesting? That's what you have in New Age. So that's how they did exorcism back then in the scripture. So you had where they, they could get the, de the demons. And some people would be like, well, that's Beelzebub casting out Beelzebub that Jesus said that, you know, you can't do. Yet you have in the spirit realm something where they're communicating and doing something. And it's, and it's a stronger, they accessed us and manipulated a stronger spirit, these exorcists. And then they could, they, that's how they delivered it. So you have the seven, the seven sons of Sceva going in, but hearing that now you could do it through Jesus' name. Okay. So they're wanting to do the same idea, never knowing him. They're used to the manipulate. They go in there, though. They're gonna. They're like, oh, I'm going to do this now in Jesus' name. And then what do you have? The demons say, I, knew Paul. I know Paul. I know Jesus, but who are you? And beat him up. You have this right now of people in the spirit who are actually thinking that they're walking in a power and a thing with, with Jesus when actually they're manipulating certain spirits to get what they want. Oh, yeah. They're manipulating and having power of spirits and demons on them to do and create what they want to see. And those people, that's what Jesus said, you cast this out in my name, you displayed what appeared to be power, yet you did not know me. You did not know me. And these people, my message, like, yeah, it's to go, it's probably to, I don't know if it's going to go, if anything, it's calling crap out in the spirit. That's what I'm doing. And uh, exposing this, because this now needs to go out. Like, this needs, this, this is going to start to take place. It's for people under this, whose heart aligns with what they're doing and seeing that, oh, I want that power. Ooh, I want that prophetic. Ooh, God does none of that. And I'm strong in my knowledge. And if I see death, that's demonic and stuff like that. And that's, that's what that builds them up so fast. What's so funny is that, okay, so the, the girl who used to live in this my apartment before me was a family friend, like, for years and years. And uh, she was a, she's a cessationist, you know, because, like, most of all those people are really reformed in my, like, that were family friends. But this one, this girl is a, is a cessationist. And, um... We were totally friends, and you know she knew everything I was going through, and so she married. And her husband was a was a friend of mine that I knew my whole life. He actually dated my sister like years ago, and he and he's hardcore. Well, um, 
they had asked me over to dinner a few years ago when I had my ministry. And I think I was trying to like mess with them a little bit by stories I was telling them about things that they don't like agree with, but they still like, this is Ed Bryant's daughter. Like, you know, because uh, like being the pastor's daughter of like a reformed Baptist, they don't know what they're in for for me. They just like assume. And then they're like, whoa, <laughs> this chick, what on earth? Oh, oh, Ed, your, your, your daughter's getting indoctrinated by the devil. Like, okay. So anyways, I run into her at Sprouts like a couple months ago or no, not, it was, no, 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 not, it's probably been a year and a half ago. And I was, uh, I told her, <laughs> oh God, doing something so crazy in my ministry. I, men now come and I did it on purpose because that's like heretical that you publicly preach to men. That's not allowed. Like if people in my dad's congregation, like certain guys, not, not, um, some of his close friends, like certain elders, but there, there's a couple of the, the guy that went after the, it's like, you don't publicly preach. So I knew that would twist this girl up. Well, and I knew that her husband would never allow her around me ever like to talk to me just because what Sarah's doing is like this, this, this view. How much are we willing to not compromise for acceptance, to not do it for ourselves, but like to just do things in such a purity that you just aren't gonna get everything you just always want from it. And the power that that doctrine did for them was an empowerment of pride. That if I do see God move that way, that's not God. Because over here, like she said things to me like, I've never heard of healing the heart. I've never thought of that. That's really how hardcore the, the, the doctrine is. Like, you don't think of God that way. Um, and I hope those people to be free. Like, I want to bring freedom to people under those theologies because I understand it so much. The reasons, like, I would only, I've only partnered, you know, with a couple people, Ray, with his ministry being one, because he used to be a cessationist. And I like people with some wisdom and understanding of this stuff. And he used to be one, and how he got out from under it was to get smacked by the Holy Spirit, like electrocuting his body. And to see a guy so controlled have that happen to him, I mean, has, it's the most entertaining thing, and it changed him so fast and quickly I want God to zap like my dad. <laughs> and I'm like a lot of these, not my dad, but like a lot of these like hardcore teachers, your heart's so hardened, you can't get zapped. <laughs> you can't. You're so dang hardened. Like you're so indoctrinated. Like you can't even be open to it if you want to move on you that way. You're just so like, oh, but my doctor, my doctor, my doctor, my knowledge, my knowledge, my knowledge, and you're going to get to heaven and he's going to say you didn't know me. And I just feel so much compassion for these people who've been raised in this and so insanely indoctrinated by this is who God is. I want to get to those people and not just call them out that they're like under this false prophet. I want them to know him like that and get free of that. And then this other side that's so overboard that the power is infiltrated with demons. We have to cleanse your structure. We have, you have to cleanse it. You have to shut these doors to how doctrine is demonizing. It has to be done. This message has to get out there and it's going. This is the beginning of it. I haven't been allowed to talk on this because I believe the warfare that would have hit me from it. God was protecting me because this is such, this is cutting so many things in the spirit on people. This is getting, if people could understand that the, the, the stuff in the politics 
and just the social injustice, the equality, the anger over here towards the, the bigotry, the, the bigotry, angry, and hating the church. If we understood this, it's all been directed at mockery and bigotry towards God the Father. God the Father. And the church has to stop mocking him. We have to stop mocking him. Jezebel has to get off these people. You have to. Because what's going to happen if these people don't get delivered of these spirits are operating in of narcissism towards themselves? What's going to happen? It's going to turn into a torment for you, my friend. Get repentant now. It's going to turn into a torment. It will not produce what you want it to produce. It will feed your soul so bad you'll go into sin. Because you are so disconnected from God and you are feeding the narcissism in yourself of leadership over the church. And when you feed that so strong, look what happens. Carl Lentz. That's what happens. That's what happens. That's what happens. It's going to happen. People don't, don't, and you think you're cement. If you're so cement, stop doing duck lips, dip, duck lip selfies. Stop being so seductive. Stop being so seductive. Stop being so cool guy with your skinny jeans. <laughs> Does it mean that you just can't wear skinny jeans? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I had a, doing ministry with a guy friend, he was doing some stuff with me, but he became so crazy because of how much attacks he would have that he just drove me nuts and I couldn't do it with him anymore but he would wear skinny jeans and I was like stop wearing skinny jeans <laughs> to my stuff you look like a douchebag <laughs> dress like you know don't try to just show your body off like I mean come on people like I like you're a dude <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> why like you can still be fashionable without like this display of your body a lot of these celebrity pastors trying to show off their chest seriously come on right Oh, this is such a good point. It's a good point. People pay attention to this. Pay attention. And sometimes I'm like blown away that they would call that in as, as one of their teachers. Like, all he's displaying is a seduction to being really cool if you're public. Right? Oh, these GQ magazines. And here's the thing. It's not like I'm totally in the fact. I was a hairstylist. I'm into all, like, all that stuff. But I don't look like Jezebel. <laughs> like I'm not trying to like show off and like seduce. Like just. You can take care of yourself and do that stuff, but stop trying to, like, seduce how cool you are. Like, you're not a model. Get over it. Like, you're to be a pastor, to lead people to him, not to be so awesome, because you're not. <laughs> oh, God, this is great. Okay. Uh, oh, Jesus. Two hours. I'm going to have to cut this in half. <laughs> I got so many things. I'm going to do so many podcasts after this. I feel like they're coming. There's more coming. I'm done. I'm done. I'm shutting this down. Okay. If there's another one that comes, which it probably will, like next month, because this definitely re represented something in the spirit. Um, God's moving very, very strong right now. He is going to flip stuff so hard in the church in the season of repentance that God's like nailing, nailing, nailing to have understanding into. Um, and the idea of what we're standing behind politically and understanding what it, true injustice is, understanding of the mockery that's being done towards God and the heart issue. Um, and so I'm going to just close this, close, close it. Let's just pray. Um, Jesus, God, I just thank you that this message hits soft soil, that it, it goes to the people very specifically, very, very specifically. God gets to people's hearts, Father. Thank you, Lord, for what you're just breaking down. I just release this in the spirit, God, this, this uncovering, this, um, unlayering that's to happen right now. Um, that's going to start beginning to happen to break down of Jezebel, God, the structure that's been this mockery over this church. God, thank you, Father. As uh, we move into this era, Lord, 
um, that, that we put you first, that everything becomes about you, Father, that, that people get to know you who you are, Father, that they understand that you are Abba, God. They understand that the purifying of the suffering, God, brings so much power, so much glory, and it brings his glory. It's going to bring his fullness of glory on, on people's lives, the fullness of the promise, the fullness of everything in him, and that you, people could hear my testimony, my, my experience of walking through this and, and, and what God's doing through it with me, that he is a good, faithful God, that he will always be glorified, and that he has promises for people that are in him and through him, not demonic promises of this world, not demonic promises of this earth, but the true promises, the purified promises of God that will absolutely change your entire life, where it calls heaven, 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 heaven down to earth, where you live in a state of walking in the spirit, where you understand who it is, who he is. You get to know him face to face. No one else, no one else, no one else. No no idea of, of a prophet or a preacher of theology, of power, God, that people just get to know him for him. Father. So God, I just released this right now, Lord. And uh, there's going to be more to come. In Jesus' name, amen.